Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dyes, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of Eloquence Online in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic there. Of. This is the Structure First Power of Performance podcast, the show that asks the question if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And of course, you know what we have to talk about today, the all-encompassing story that is COVID-19 or coronavirus or whatever we're going to call it. But um, whether you are thinking this is the end of times or realize, as I do, that probably in a couple of weeks, everything will be back to normal, don't forget that your branches, your buildings, your headquarters Everything makes a statement. What are your branches and buildings saying? If you're walking through your headquarters or bank branches and looking around and saying, hmm, this looks a little swine fluish, late 2000s to me, and you want a makeover, a complete rebuild, call Clicker Come by Structure First, Structure First. Net. Let us show you how hiring a project manager will not only save you money, but you'll also end up with a beautiful, bold new space that you will love for generations to come. All right. Hey, today, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, so I, I don't can't talk you know intelligently about this stuff. But what I want to talk about instead is that when we have moments like this, moments of inflection, as I described it to one of our new clients the other day in an email, it is worth thinking about what are some of the things that are going to be demonstrably different after this period of time um, that we're going to look back and say, oh, remember when we were going through the coronavirus, that there are going to be some things that are going to be different. I think it's going to compel people to have a rethinking or a reckoning about some things. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I, and I think a lot of those things could be very, very good for banking. It could end up actually saving your bank brands a lot of money while still getting the benefit of things like you know, I know ICBA went ahead with their event. I think they were down in Orlando. Good for them. I know for a fact that the GAC went off. Um, but, of course, that was a little before the the hysteria really set in. And so I do want to talk about some of that stuff today. And, you know, as we've said on this show for 10 years, and we celebrated 10 years doing the podcast last week, and I did that by going to an old-school call-in live show through Blog Talk Radio and again, last week, they only had one of the 9-volt batteries plugged into their server farm, and so it, it just didn't sound. A pre-recorded podcast is something I've become a big fan of when we do have guests, which is almost all the time that we, we do pre-record those interviews because it sounds so much 
better when it's put through the studio feed here in the uh, Eloquent Online Studios. I want to send a couple of quick shout-outs today. I, I forgot this uh, last week. Chris Bauer up in Oklahoma. Man, what a great show. Uh, this guy is not just a social media person. He's a social media influencer. His show has now moved into the number one spot, number one listened to show in 2020. As he pointed out, it's still early, but hey, it's good to be. It's good to be number one. And then uh, one of our one of our new clients, I want to send a shout out to our, our good buddies up at Extra Co Consulting. We had Lindsey Green on this show a few weeks back. Gosh, before coronavirus, you know, BC, before coronavirus. Such a charming interview. But I also want to say hey to somebody else that works up at Extra Co Consulting, Mary Coleman. I noticed that we are LinkedIn on LinkedIn, although like a lot of LinkedIn connections, when you have, I think, over 900 of them, you don't, don't always remember what got you linked into that person or connected to that person. But either way, I'm going to be thinking and talking about some new and exciting ways to deliver information in a virus-free way. Remember when going viral was a good thing? And of course, we do want to welcome in our guest studio audience who came to us, the New Braunfels, via the Princess Cruise Line, all the way from Wuhan, China. So it's very nice to have them here. Yes, uh, please deposit your masks in the big incinerator on your way out of the studio. Hey, when we get back from the break, I just want to talk about some of the things that I think are going to be things that we can legitimately reevaluate. I was speaking to the principals at Structure First, I think when we first met last October or November when they were uh, down here for a conference in Austin uh, about doing a, a totally online conference that, you know, we have the technology now, we're not using 56K dial-up modems anymore, that we certainly have the ability to convey information like that in a virtual way, in a, in a way, but it was, at the time, it was about eliminating the cost of going to a conference, and they, as vendors, obviously, have to evaluate, you know, what does it cost to go out to an event versus what do we make back in new business? Now, as a professional speaker for 10 years, I totally get that because I would collect a handful of business cards and think, wow, look at all this potential. And yet only one or two of those would ever really pan out. So for vendors that go out to these events and spend thousands of dollars to have a table set up and to, you know, eat the rubber chicken dinner and, you know, ask people to, you know, use the putting green to wit a coffee mug or a, an Amazon Echo speaker or whatever. Now, that's a pretty big expense, flights and hotels. It's not, well, it's probably cheap now, but it's not cheap uh, most of the time. And so I think a lot of people, this gives us a moment to reevaluate just how important these things are. I noticed some big banking brands are postponing all of their conferences uh, until April. I think April 10th was the date that I saw. Obviously, you can see all the schools that are extending spring break, which I'm sure is really good news for the young people. But when we get back, I want to talk about the things that may Maybe we can rethink and reimagine in banking and maybe should have done that and would have done that anyway, purely from a fiduciary point of view, but now has a completely different vibe to it. And while we not, may not be talking about this particular situation, COVID-19, this time next year or even six months from now, some of these things that we can reimagine and how we intentionally engage our audiences, how we collaborate and learn together, I want to be super clear 
I used to make the joke when I was speaking professionally that I got paid to stay in a nice hotel and give a 90-minute keynote to people who could easily go out and Google everything I just told them, giving a session on generational marketing and management the way I did. But I get it. It's the way that session was delivered, especially when we added the musicians and put on a live musical performance. Um, if you can hear beeping and stuff in the background, the New Braunfels Utilities guys are out there digging a hole apparently too. China. And so if you hear some beeping and stuff like that, it uh, looks like they've got the entire workforce out there. So there's no slowdown in the New Braunfels utility. But I do want to make the point that I don't think anything ever accurately and uh, honestly replicates in-person events. I would never suggest that those things should go away all together. But man, when you see some of these um, trade associations and they're putting on 14 or 15 of them uh, a year, maybe it's time it's time to it's time to read time to read those are really necessary. Maybe some of that stuff if the goal is simply to inform you can do that online. You can do that in a phone call. You can do that in a, in a lot of different ways in a podcast, for that matter. If the goal is to really engage people and collaborate, I think in-person is still the best way to do that. Um, we've had more conversations than ever in the past couple of weeks about using podcasting for this kind of educational resource. And I don't want to be placed in a position where I feel like I'm taking advantage of COVID-19. But as I always say, history is. Take advantage of the history you've been dealt. And if you do it the right, typically good things will happen. Well, if these guys outside my studio window don't hit a gas main and incinerate my middle class home in Herndy, Braunfels, Texas, we will be right back and we'll talk about those things and we'll do it all right after this. Don't forget, if you want to hear the show on your smart speaker, just say, play Structure First Power Performance Podcast on TuneIn. That is right. Conference quality information without the expense report. Okay, one of the big things, obviously, that is going to get and should be getting a lot of consideration is the concept of working from Home. Now, I've done that almost exclusively since moving to New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, back in the early 2000s. And of course, there, there are certain things that you cannot do remotely. If you've got a teller line, if you've got some of the more intricate transactions that take place, investments and, and new accounts and a lot of that stuff, I, I don't know that all that can be done. But there are a lot of administrative tasks that could be uh, delegated to people working at home. I still, like I said, or part-time, let people work well, part-time, work at the office part-time. I've always said you can probably save money by offering someone, you know, hey, instead of paying you 50 grand a year, we'll pay you 45 grand a year, but you can work from home for two days. You do save a little bit of money, I think, when you're working from home, just especially, you know, the commute. And, you know, you can eat your own food and stuff like that. And, of course, you can – I've found it very motivating a lot of times to work from home. I walk through a home and I'm reminded that I've got a mortgage payment due at the first of the month. And so 
I think there's all kinds of advantages to remote working. I also think there's advantages to, you know, being together in the office as well. But hopefully, I think people have been talking about this anyway, but this moment of inflection with COVID-19 will have some brands rethinking that and, you know, seeing if, if the productivity remains high, then perhaps, you know, it is something that more and more companies will embrace. And of course, like I said, there is always the possibility that after all of this, things will simply go back to the way they always had been. Now, of course, the other big thing is these conference sessions. I mentioned last night, I said, what, where would I be right now if I were still doing the professional speaking? I mean, I would pick up a check at those events. And so to miss three or four of those events, that would not have been very, very helpful to me. I don't remember if it was swine flu, but there was one event back in the late 2000s. I didn't used to ask for deposits. I had a speaking, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. She would set up these things for me. She got 25% and then I would get a check after the fact. When I started doing independent of that, I would almost always pick up a paper check at the event and did not always ask for a deposit up front. And so that could have been very, very difficult financially speaking um, had that happened at this particular moment. But man, there are so many conference events going on. I do think now is a good time, especially if you're a banking brand to say, hey, are, are there just too many of these? These large trade organizations. I watched a lot of the ICBA stuff. I watched a lot of the GAC stuff. And folks, candidly, these these big national trade organizations are in the business of ingratiating themselves. You can talk all you want about advocacy and things like that, but in reality, if these guys wanted to do the best thing for their individual banking brands, they would see the value in devolving influence down to the individual brands. People love their bank. People love their credit union, but they don't wake up every morning thinking about the banking industry or the credit union industry. They're connected to the transactional nature of their individual brand. You have your favorite football team. It doesn't mean you love the entire NFL. And so it is one of the things that I think that after all of this is over, it's time to really ask ourselves, do we need that many conferences. And I think working with smaller consulting firms and and smaller organizations, I believe, are going to have much better alternatives because the national trades have just relied upon these these big vendor-laced, you know, nothing wrong with getting together once or twice a year with some of these things, but my goodness, some of these trades are doing events almost every single month. And I just wonder if that's still necessary and a good use of, of money. Now, again, it's not mine. I can't, I don't count other people's money. But just something to think about. Uh, The virtual learning, you can say all you want. We've already got webinars. We've already got that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. Nobody wants to sit through. I mean, how many COVID-19 webinars have you been invited to this week? I should have done a screenshot. I got three or four yesterday afternoon. I think we've kind of seen everything there is to see. And on on a side note, it's kind of proof that a lot of the social media stuff is a bit of an echo chamber. Nothing wrong with that. But it's, you know, I've noticed that LinkedIn especially, I notice a lot of financial brands use LinkedIn, but none of your customers or members ever respond to anything. It's other banking professionals, and that's something else. I I believe at some point most banking brands are going to come to grips with the fact that you do not need Twitter. 
I'm getting very, very close to that myself. That I just, there's, I sometimes even forget about it. I'm pretty much all LinkedIn all the time. Uh, kind of keeps me up to date with things that are happening in the banking industry since the overwhelming majority of my connections are in that discipline. But as far as Twitter goes, I mean, first of all, you never know what you've missed because, you know, you've got to scroll down to see things. And I don't like it's whatever's on the first page. I look at that. If it's interesting, great. If not, I move on. But I think at some point, banking brands are going to have to make a decision about how many of these, I mean, how many things do you need? LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, stuff that I've never heard of, YouTube, you know, what does it really take for you to convey the information? What has it taken for you to convey information about coronavirus to your audience this week? It's probably been email. Most people I've seen, have, I, my bank sent me an email, a very informative email. Again, things that I'd already heard a thousand times on the news, on the radio, and stuff like that. But hey, Frostbank is all over it. A few years ago, several years ago, we had a young lady on the show named Martina Ori. I don't know if she still works here, but she worked for a company called Hyper. Fair, F-A-R-E, like the county fair. This is not hyper-fair, like young people think socialism is going to be. This is hyper-fair, F-A-R-E. And it really was a virtual conference with avatars, and you could walk up to people, and you could see their name, and you could ask them questions through a, through a text interface at a, a, one of the financial brands that I was working with. Basically opened up this new virtual branch, and they had a huge event. There was an auditorium. You could go sit down and see like a TED Talks thing. It was actually very, very clever you know, for a couple of times, and then it just sort of fell out of favor. But stuff like that, you know, an, an episodic use of stuff like that, just think Second Life for banking conferences is what it was like. And it was actually very, very interesting and very, very intuitive. And uh, I thought it was a great way. Today, it would be a great way to have a... Uh, replicate some of these conference events and it was just kind of cool to see all these avatars flowing towards the auditorium and basically you know standing there watching the screen of the presentation and of course you're sitting down at your office watching this this goes back to maybe 2011 2012 so it wasn't perfect it still took a little while and uh, your if your computer didn't have the graphics capability. It could be a little choppy, but for the most part, very, very cool. I think we'll see more stuff like that. So virtual learning, not webinars, but you know, actually seeing things, seeing live performances, um, making the connection between those live performances and how it can be applied to your banking brand. That's what excites me about this and probably long overdue. You know, History intervenes and compels us to reconsider things and think about things in a different way. And if that's the sum total of this entire coronavirus experience, then perhaps it'll redound to our great good at some point. And we can really, you know, actually reimagine the ways that we communicate with one another, the way we convey information. I know that when I was speaking professionally, when I, especially when I started working with the two musicians, we conveyed information in a way that could not be replicated in a webinar or through a video camera. It was being there. It was hearing the music live. It was, you know, getting a chance to meet us afterwards and ask us how we came up with this whole idea. Um, stuff like that, I think, is always going to be better live. But as I see more and more of these things being shut down, it, to me, just is a, a, just a, another a moment of inflection, as I said, to consider doing some of these things 
virtually. And even that word virtually becomes almost a euphemism because I think you can convey some of that information just as accurately and as cleverly as you could if you were in person. So summarize, I I think this is a historical waypoint. I think people are going to reevaluate how important these conferences are. They are are important, but I don't know, know that we need as many of them. The remote working from home, I think that's always been kind of a thing that we talk about a lot, especially people in the consulting class, many of whom do work from home. And then, of course, this new way of intentionally engaging your audience. You know, people can get the same information, maybe not in the classroom, but on their desktops and and things like that. And so we'll just see, you know, history is you can change with it or you can get changed by it. And I'm sure we're all going to get it figured out. My name is Jason Dyes, and you've been listening to the Structure First Power of Performance, the show that asked the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? If we're all here next week, and we will be, we will talk to you then. Let's get out of here with some Doobie Brothers and China Grove. Hey.